Let's pray this morning. Father, it's absolutely true. We could we could sing of it, speak of it, just to know it again and again, how incredible your love is for us, that you would give up your precious son. And in, in doing that, give us everything so that our lives can be totally different, not just a little different, but they can be totally different. Father, we thank you this morning that we can be in this place, that we can be surrounded by followers and, and those who just seek you this morning and we can know we're not alone in this walk that not only are you with us but uh, we are together in Christ and we just pray this morning that as we face the difficulties and the challenges that we just always be open to you that we would just uh, always receive whatever it is you desire in our life and welcome it because it's what you want and when those hard times come we would just trust you more, rely on you and everything. Because Lord, we, we believe it. We believe your love for us is so great that you want to bring only the, the greatest of things into our life. So Father, we just yield ourselves to you this morning. We surrender everything that we are. And we pray that your word would take root and that it would just uh, change us so that we'd be kingdom people. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat this morning. All right, well, we're uh, starting a new series this morning that we'll be uh, using the, the rest of the summer, really. It's called A Storied Past. And, uh, you know, you probably grew up in your family and, and uh, you know, you got family stories, right? I mean, they're just the, the kind of the family stories that, uh, you know, you tell about grandpa or great-grandpa or grandma or whatever. I mean, they just get passed down and they're... Well, they're the family stories, right? And uh, every time you tell them, you know, they just bring joy to you and they're, they're relevant to you because, well, they're just significant family stories you connect with, right? Well, in the faith, uh, you know, we've got some family stories too. Uh, we've got a storied past. We have a, uh, a scripture uh, that is filled with uh, stories, and not just any stories, but some significant stories that Jesus uh, told us. And it's one of the things that Jesus did in his ministry, is he used stories, parables, he used stories to connect with people and, and try to reveal significant truths about life uh, in the faith, about what it means to be a kingdom person. We can see it. I mean, there's stories from the past, but they always have lessons for the present. In Matthew 13, uh, it says, That same day Jesus left the house and sat by the Sea of Galilee, and large crowds gathered around him. So he got into a boat, and he sat down in it, and all the people stood on the shore. Uh, then he told them many things by using uh, stories. So he just started telling them stories, stuff, stuff, common stuff that they would connect with, they would understand the images. But in the stories, he revealed to them some truths. And later on, his disciples asked him, and they said, well, you know, what do you, why do you do that? I mean, why are you telling stories? And his answer was, you have been given the chance to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Remember when you were a kid and your friend came to you and said, Hey, you want, you want to hear a secret? And of course you responded, Nah. No, right? You're all over it, right? I mean, you're all, secret? Yeah, oh man, tell me a secret. I want to know a secret. Tell me, don't, tell me, tell me, tell me, right? Tell me all, we all want to know secrets. Secrets are cool. Tell me the secret. Don't let me. Jesus in these stories, is revealing to us some incredible information that only 
our eyes and ears can grab hold of. Because there's secrets about what it means to be a kingdom person. He says, secrets of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, these stories, they, they encompass some incredible principles and secrets to what it means for you and I, if, if we're sold out Christ followers, if we, we, we're there, right? For us to figure out what it means to live life in a kingdom way. To be really authentic uh, kingdom people. In contrast to that, Proverbs gives us an image of somebody who ignores the secrets, right? The nah, I don't want to see it, I don't want to hear it, right? In Proverbs, uh, it says, I passed by the field of the lazy man, by the grapevines of the man without understanding. What did we just learn about this guy? He's lazy and he doesn't want it, right? Lazy and doesn't want it. Doesn't want understanding. Doesn't want to know the secrets. And see, it was all grown over with thorns. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I thought about it. I looked and received a teaching. See, if you hang with me this summer and you walk through these stories, you're going to learn some secrets. And they are life-changing secrets. In contrast to that kind of life. These are kingdom secrets. These are life-changing, relevant secrets. Ready? Let's start with the first one. The first story uh, comes to us out of Matthew 13. It's the parable, the story of the, the farmer that scatters the seed, the sower, right? Now, just as we get going here, this, by the way, would be a great series for you to bring your Bibles to, uh, because uh, most of the references we're going to make in Scripture are going to be from the story itself, right? So like today, if you got your Bible, you can go to Matthew 13, and we're going to spend a lot of time just right there, right in Matthew 13. And there'll be some other scriptures we'll bring in, but it's going to be basically Matthew 13. And so if you're following in your notes, uh, also in the handout in your notes, you'll notice that, hey, there's some scripture there without citation. That's because it's all from Matthew 13, right? It's all Matthew 13. And uh, if it's not Matthew 13, there's a citation there telling you it's not, okay, where it's from. But just a good thing for you to bring your word uh, with you on this one. Ready? Okay, what do we learn? First, he starts telling a story about a farmer went out and started scattering the seed that we know. And then he starts describing different kinds of soil of where the seed fell, right? He starts out the first one describing a path. He said, a farmer went out to plant his seed. He scattered the seed on the ground. Some fell on a path. Birds came and ate it up. Simple enough. Scatters the seed. Some of it falls on a path. What's the path? Well, you know, paths are hard and worn surfaces, right? They're just tread on a lot, and when you tread on it, it just gets hard, it gets worn, and, and so what is he describing? He's describing that kind of person that is just hard. Uh, maybe life has worn them down, and they've got a whole lot of resistance, and basically, they're just not receptive uh, to the Word, right? In Matthew 13, we get the benefit of not just the story, but Jesus later in the chapter, also interprets the story. And, and so we're going to run them side by side, right? And this is what he says about it later. He says, people hear the message about the kingdom, but do not understand it. The evil one comes. He steals what was planted in their hearts. Those people are like the seed planted on the path. So who's he talking about? Well, he's talking about the folks that, okay, they, 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 they hear the word, somehow gets out there, somehow gets in front of them, but they want nothing to do with it. 
Right? I mean, the, weird, the word somehow gets to them, and, and somehow there's a witness made to them, but, but they just want nothing to do with it. They, they just are hard about it. They're just absolutely resistant to it, and they just don't want anything to do with it. And, and uh, not only that, but they're folks that have a whole lot of other stuff working in their life, like the birds, he describes, is the evil one who comes to snatch it away. Right? And so these are folks that are just absolutely resistant to the word. They, they don't want it, and they don't understand it. Notice that phrase? They don't want it, they don't understand it. And they're open to all kinds of other stuff in their life that is just taking them away. and just keeps them hardened to the opportunity of receiving the word. And, and the evil one is hard at work in their life, uh, and the evil one wants to snatch that seed away, that the seed of the gospel. That's what the seed always is in this parable. It's always the, the good news that what God can do in your life. Evil wants to snatch that away because evil knows that if anybody receives that, their life is going to be changed dramatically. And so he's describing the instance where somebody's just, they're just hardened to the gospel, they just are resistant to the gospel, they don't understand it, they don't want it, and in fact they are so involved in other stuff that's kind of worldly and non-gospel, they, they just want anything to do it. You, you, you know some of these people? You should. We should be out there after them, right? Because here really is the challenge in the text. See, we could kind of stop right here with this description and say, yeah, I know those people. Whoa, are they a handful, right? Whoa. And, and just kind of write them off. We could just write them off. Just say, what? Got that right. He nailed those people. Man, they just don't want anything to do with the gospel. Yep, that's, that's those folks. The trouble is we're responsible to reach those folks. The challenge for us in this text is not just to understand those people are out there and to understand where they start from, the path, hardened and resistant to the word, but to equally understand we are here to reach those people. And the only way we're going to reach them is to do it in ways they understand. Remember, Jesus starts the experience here in Matthew 13 by just telling a story. What is he doing? He's using a relevant experience that everybody standing there on the shore could see and understand. When he's talking about a farmer broadcasting out the seed, everybody in the crowd said, oh, yeah, okay, I get it, farmer. I understand that one. So he's using a, a, an image that no matter who they are, if they're past people in the crowd, they can understand that image. You see, our challenge is to get that and to try to do the same thing. And, and what it means to be a Christ follower is the secret. That we're responsible to cast that seed out and know that there's people out there who are just like this. They're path people. But we've got to speak to them in a way that they understand. See, we've got to stop doing things like going to our coworker. It's, you know, captured by the path person and they're captured by the evil one. And, and we go up to them and say, well, you know, John, you just got to be born again. It's like Nicodemus, right? Uh, okay, crawl in my mother's womb a second time, right? You know, or, or we go to him and we say, you know, you just got to receive salvation. Okay, does it come in a box? Uh, is there a return policy? I mean, what is that, right? I mean, the challenge for us, if we, the secret, if we get the secret today on this first one, these path people exist, and we're out there among them, and our challenge is to find ways 
that we can reach them in ways they understand. That's what we're committed to here, right, at Christ Church. That, that's why our worship life is variety worship. You know, we understand one size does not fit all. And, and so we're going to try variety in worship styles in order to try to reach as many people as we reach because we know there's path people that are going to walk in our doors. And you've got path people who are around you all day. They're in your work life. They're, they're potentially in your family. I mean, you've got, you got path people. The challenge is to find a way to speak to them. What's so interesting in the text is Jesus shows us one example. He just tells them a story. I mean, forget the whole, you've got to get salvation, you've got to get born again. Just, just sit down sometime with them and tell them, let me tell you my story. Let, let me tell you what a difference Christ has made in my life. I, you know, it's just real life. You see, the reality for us is we can't stop in the text here and just say, yeah, those people. No, those are the people we're here to reach. Right? That's part of the secret. To be a kingdom person is find that way that speaks to them. Paul in Ephesians 5 says, So be very careful how you live. Don't live like people who aren't wise. Live like people who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the birds are out there. The day is evil. They're trying to snatch them away. So don't be foolish. Instead, do what? Understand what the Lord wants. We've got to get it, understand it, and know this secret. And then try to pass that on. We've got to pass on the secrets those folks around us, even if they are hardened and, and they seem to be so far away from Christ and their lifestyle is so far away from Christ, that's where we got to be. That's where we got to be. Second soil. Second soil he talks about is uh, what, we, what I describe as a surface life. Somebody's living a surface life. He says, some seed fell on a rocky place where there wasn't much soil. The plants came up quickly because the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it burned the plants. They dried up because they had no roots. Okay? Jesus explains that section. He explains it this way. He says, well, there's others out there that they, they, they receive the seed, you know, it fell, falls on a rocky place. They're those who hear the message and, and they receive it with joy, but they have no roots. So they last only a short time. They quickly fall away from faith when trouble or suffering comes because of the message. So what's he describing? He's describing uh, a life that's kind of a surface life, that they're not antagonistic to the good news. They've heard the good news, and, and in fact, they receive the good news, and they say, hey, they, yeah, that sounds good. Jesus sounds okay. But, but they don't somehow get serious about what it means to be a Christ follower. Right? They, they're just kind of always on the, on the fringes you know, around here at Christ Church. They're just kind of on the edges. They don't really just get in. They don't get serious about what it means to be a Christ follower. In fact, what these folks do is... They just kind of receive the good news, and they say, yeah, I'm going to follow Christ, but, but then something happens in their life, and they say, whoa, wait a minute. I thought I was, I thought I was a Christ follower. Everything's supposed to go my way. It's supposed to be good. And when it doesn't go their way, and it's not as good as they think it ought to be, well, they just kind of, they just kind of fall out. They just kind of fall away, right? That, that they kind of receive the message, but they want it on their terms, and they, and they want it as long as things go good. But as soon as something happens, Eh, not so much, right? These are folks that, that they, they come to Christ Church and they're kind of on the edges and, and then they kind of find out that Christ Church is full of a bunch of sinners. And, and then they say, whoa, they said something that really hurt my feelings or that person did something I didn't like and I don't know if I can go back to that place anymore. I mean, you know what I mean? 
Folks are just not at that place in their life where they're ready to put down roots and say, yeah, you know what? I am going to get serious about what it means to follow the gospel. And I'm not going to let barriers get in the way. I'm not going to let these rocks, these barriers that are set up get in my way because I'm going to get serious about what it means to follow Christ. Uh, Paul describes it this way in Colossians. He says, You receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so keep on living in Him. Have your roots in Him. Build yourself up in Him. Grow strong in what you believe, just as you were taught. Be more thankful than ever before. Make sure no one captures you. They'll, they'll try to capture you by using false reasoning that has no meaning. Their ideas depend on human teachings. They also depend on the basic things the people of this world believe. They don't depend on Christ. God's whole nature is living in Christ in human form. Because you belong to Christ, you have everything you need. He is the ruler over every power and authority. See, there's the contrast, right? Rocky people are people who are kind of, they're not antagonistic, but they're not ready to be sold out, right? And, and barriers come up, and they bail, right? And, and they bail. I mean, the challenge for us is to understand that, hey, when people are, you know, here, that, that we need to make sure we invest in, in greeting them, in welcoming them, in trying to deepen them, in inviting them, right? So if you're in a small group right now, when's the last time you invited somebody on Sunday morning to join your small group? If you're engaged in a ministry right now in Christ Church, when's the last time you got really serious about going out and finding somebody else and bringing them into the ministry with you, right? I mean, that's, that, that's the steps we need to take to help people get deeper in their relationships because barriers are going to come and those barriers become the opportunities to just fall out and fall away. Okay. Second kind of life. This is probably the most common kind of soil out there uh, for, for most of us. It is the crowded life, right? He describes it this way. He says, other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and crowded out the plants. Here's his explanations. He said, there's others who received the seed that fell among the thorns. They are those who hear the message, but then when the worries of this life and the false promises of wealth crowd it out, they keep it from producing fruit. Now, what's really interesting about this is notice it's good soil, right? The soil is good. There's nothing wrong with the soil. And the folks who receive the word, but what happens? The soil is good not only for those who receive the word, but it's also good for the thorns. And so the thorns get in there, and the thorns grow up faster, and the thorns crowd out the good plant. What's he describing? Well, I mean, he's describing that crowded life, right? I mean, we may sit down, get serious about our faith, and say, listen, I understand, man, God is first, Christ is first in my life, my marriage is second, and my kids are third, and everything else is below that. But, man, Christ is first in my life. But then what happens? We get busy. We get busy. We get busy. And all of a sudden we have commitments. And, and we have to make sure the kids get to this and the kids get to that. We've got to make sure we get our to-do list done. And we've got all these other things that start filling up our schedule in our lives. And what happens to that list? In the practical application of life, we get so busy that Christ gets crowded out. He just gets crowded out. That, that the busyness that we get involved with just shifts up the list. And all of a sudden, all the busyness becomes more important and occupies more of our time. 
and Christ just gets moved down the list. You know what I'm talking about? It's a, it's a simple experience of just living life and letting those priorities of our faith get messed up. And so Jesus is describing and saying, listen, this, this is a problem. If you're in that place, this, this is a problem. And, and, and you've got to just get recognize that and get serious about getting your priorities back in place. Because the soil you're in is good. Nothing wrong with the soil. It's got all the potential. The trouble is you're allowing all the worries of life, he describes it, the worries of life to crowd it out. Now, what's equally interesting is he also identifies a second crowder, right? Something that crowds it out. He says, it's not just the worries of life, but it's also what? The false promises of wealth. Isn't that fascinating? He takes the time to name that. Now, understand, he's not saying anything's wrong with wealth. Wealth is fine. If, if that's where God's leading your life and that's what he's blessing you with, awesome, good. Nothing wrong with wealth. He's saying, what's wrong? It's the false promises that come along with the temptations of wealth. What's it look like? Here's what it looks like. In your work life, you decide it's more important to have wealth than it is to maintain your integrity. You decide on the job it's more important to close the deal and gain wealth than it is your honesty. You decide it's more important to gain wealth and to go after the wealth than it is to maintain the reputation of your own name. And you begin to compromise. You begin to compromise because wealth takes over. The desire for wealth takes over. You see, when that happens, it's going to crowd out what it means for you to be a Christ follower. It, it, it's going to become more important and it's going to crowd out and it's going to destroy your integrity, and it's going to destroy your reputation. It's going to destroy your ability of maintaining honesty in your relationships. And so he's saying, wow, watch out. You're in good soil. You've you got great opportunity, but be careful, because your priorities can get, can get shuffled around, and, and this desire for wealth becomes so important that it costs you, and it's just going to crowd what God wants to do in your life. It's going to crowd it out. Last soil. This is where we want to be, right? It's the miracle grow life. Anybody use miracle grow besides me? Love that stuff. Don't you love that stuff? I just want to spread that all over. That's really cool stuff. And put that on there and boom, that stuff grows, right? Miracle grow. And, and that's what he describes now with a good soil. It's like, whoa, look what can happen in this kind of soil. And a lot of people miss this, but look, look at the text. It says, Still other seed fell on good soil. It produced a crop of 160 or 30 times more than what was planted. Now, did you get the numbers? Did you see the numbers? What are they? 160, 30. Now, he interprets, later on, he interprets the soil. He says, still, there's others that receive the seed that, that falls on good soil. They are those who hear the message and they understand it, and they produce a crop of 160 or 30 times more than the farmer planted. Now, what's really interesting, did you notice, a lot of people miss this, did you notice the numbers? More, more clearly, did you notice the order of the numbers? 100, 60, 30. Where does he start? He starts at the max. Now, a lot of times, think about how you roll numbers out. When you roll those numbers out, when you would roll that out, where would you usually start? Well, you could do 30, 60, 100. 
right? You do ascending. The difference here is he's doing descending. What a God thing. Jesus descended. But he starts at the max. You see that? This is God's attitude. He understands. If you get serious, if you get this secret, and you get serious about putting down roots in Christ, God's predisposition and attitude to your life is the max. 100%. You want your life to change? 30? 60? God's starting at 100. I mean, that's where he starts. He's saying, listen, your life can be so incredible, so unbelievably incredible and fantastic. This is my edit. This is where I start. I'm starting here at 100%. I know the soil you're in. I know if you get serious about putting down the roots, what I can do in, in your life. And it starts at 100. Don't settle for 60 or 30. I mean, you get an, an investment counselor. He comes into your house and he sits down and he says, well... Now, listen, we could do this three ways. I, I could get you 30% on your money, or I could get you 60% of your money, or I could, I could double your money, 100% on your money. Which would you like? Duh. Right? I mean, let alone the guarantee of 30 is not so bad. Right? What are you making on your, on your savings account right now? Right? I mean, that's the bottom line for him is 30. At 30? That's it? 30? <laughs> oh. He starts at 100. You see, if you get the secret, if you get serious and you understand this is God's predisposition of what he knows can happen in your life, what's it take? He says, you got to do it. you got to do it. You, you, you can't just hear it. This is the soil. This is the attitude of life that says, listen, I understand what Christ has done for me. And I understand that... that he makes all the difference in life, and I'm going to do what he wants. I'm going to do it wholeheartedly. I'm going to sell out. I'm going to surrender completely, and I'm going to do it. Matthew 7, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do. Only those who do. Only those who do what my Father in heaven wants will enter. You see, this is the secret. This is the secret. That God has already created the incredible opportunity for our lives to be 100%. 100%. If we just do it. So I'm up here Sunday after Sunday, right? One way or another. Thanks for last week, by the way. But I'm up here. And, and you hear me say things like, you know, you just, you got to get into a small group. Just, you, you heard me say that? Why do you think I say that? I, it's not because I just want to have a gazillion small groups so I feel good about having a bunch of small groups. It's because I know God's predisposition, what he can do in your life, if you just do it, if you just get serious about getting those roots in the ground, getting serious about deepening what it means to be in a relationship with Christ and with his people. You know, and you hear me say, hey, if you're not in the ministry yet, get one. Get involved in ministry. Get active doing a ministry here at Christ Church. Why? Not just so we have a gazillion ministries, but because I know God's predisposition in your life. If you just do it, if you just take that step and you just do it. You see, what I also know is it's easy to get hard. It's easy to let the birds come in, the evil one, to give us another opportunity. It's easy to find barriers. It's easy to find those rocks and those barriers. Yeah, if I can do that. Tithing, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's easy. 
to not put those roots down and, and, this, and when push comes to shove to just get scorched away. But if you get serious, if you get serious, you get the secret. A hundredfold. A hundredfold. I mean, that is incredible news. Isn't that an incredible secret? That is an incredible secret. Your life can be absolutely, completely, and utterly different. Now, here's the, the last uh, great news about the text. Well, I'll give you one example of that. By the way, I can't miss this. I got this email from uh, one of our folks, a family that had been worshipped with us several years, and unfortunately they had to move because of job change. And uh, so they moved, and she, the wife just sent me an email. They've been gone a couple of years now. wife sent me an email, and, uh, you know, they're regular in worship and were involved in ministry in small groups. And on Father's Day, their son, who's now uh, seven years old, was asked to do a description of dad, right? Uh, and when they were here, I did a message for parents. And in the message, I shared how a story of how, you know, when my kids were growing up, my three kids, I, every night I'd go in and tuck them in and I'd tell them that God has a great future for them, right? God's got a great plan for their life, right? You heard me tell you that, right? I told them that. And here's the cool thing. Look at the little description that the son that gave. He's now seven years old. He says, okay, so his dad's Richard, and he's 35, and he's got brown hair and blue eyes, and he loves pizza. That's cool. Works for Marathon. But look at the next one. My dad always tells me that God has a special plan for me. Can you imagine? He knows that secret at seven years old. What kind of impact is he going to have in life? Because he knows that secret. How does he know that secret? Because his dad heard a seed. He came to church and he heard a seed. And he said, I can do that. I'm just going to do it. And he just started doing it. He just started doing it. And now look at the impact this kid's going to have in life. Isn't that incredible? I felt good about it. I don't know if you do, but 